Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Punchies. There were punchies tonight, guys. I'm wasting time while I type out a tweet. Uh, who, are these, the who are these gentlemen the on the graphic? Right I have now. no idea who these gentlemen are. I don't know. Yes, they were about the people who did the punchies. This was a this is this was a card. It was a card heading into it. It ended up being some fights. But as you can see, the two faces that you see on the screen right now. We're not the last two men inside the octagon. It was not what? Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak. As a matter of fact, the last two men inside the octagon were the two men that were supposed to compete in a fight that Alexander K. Lee wouldn't even have called a co-main event between Iwan Kuchalaba and Kennedy and Zichuku. In the end, Kennedy and Zichuku finishes Iwan Kuchalaba in the second round, and he closes the show. Big spot gets himself a main event and if you watch the card you understand what happened if you didn't watch the card you're probably thinking what the hell happened this is not a thing i'm not used to this apparently the rumor mill was flooding all card long i had heard some rumblings could not confirm but then brennan fitzgerald in the broadcast confirmed with just before the final prelim fight that the fight between Derek lewis and sergey spivak was off non-covid related non-weight cutting related Derek lewis essentially just got sick he tried to he, apparently he was hospitalized this morning came back wanted a fight and in the end everybody just were on the same page live to fight another day man no need to go in there and fight sick so the fight was scratched we got into chuku versus kuchalaba we got 11 total fights this is a weird card, and we're going to do something a little bit different on the post-fight show, and I'll let you know what that is in a matter of seconds. But I am Mike Heck. Jed Mishu will join Ooh, us once again. Punchies! It turns out, Mike, that the penultimate fight was actually the ultimate fight all along. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, also, it's the most fitting possible <laughs> outcome. It's the most fitting outcome for this freaking fight card. Yes, and then the first fight on the on the main card ended up being Charles Johnson and Zalgus, and there was like eight hundred and eleven Zalgus Dumagulov, and there was nine hundred and thirty-seven fouls, not one point taken, and, and it went Zalgis to a controversial guys. split decision. And in classic Zalgus Dumagulov fashion, he loses a split decision that he probably should have won. He is the 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 Courtney Casey of the men's flyweight division. Ooh, Just on the wrong right. end of all of these split decisions. Yeah. And then he retired. And, and so, then he retired. Because, <laughs> you know, you got to if, – if you're going to leave the sport, you want to go out on a high note. And that fight was was a high note. <laughs> Just – I felt, I felt like I aged – I felt like I aged two years just watching that one fight. 
So I feel like I'm 51 years Dude, old after I that. I feel card. like that fight took 25 minutes for a 15 minute <laughs> fight because there was a stoppage every four seconds for a foul. I'm, 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 what do I'm you think? If you, yeah, if you actually measured yeah. the, the actual time between beginning and end, was it longer than an average 25 minute fight with all the, fi- with all the fouls? I'm sure Dude, it had to be. I had to feel that way. I got to say, I thought during this fight, I was like, here's a way we could make this uh, a much dumber, but more fun sport. What if we adopt, <laughs> what if dumber. we adopt, you know, the world, the world cups come up. What if we just adopt f- football's very stupid rules about injury time, right? I've gotten into this argument a million times with my friends and they all think that I'm an asshole, but they've yet to be able to convey it to me properly. They don't stop the clock and then restart the clock because time is a construct in terms of football. They just have a second clock that's an injury clock or whatever. And like one shady individual keeps that. Nobody knows what it is. We should do that for this. Instead of giving the fighter five minutes, we just keep the round rolling right on through. And then Herb Dean or whoever's in the middle is keeping a second stoppage. So then we never know when the round is actually going to end. And it would make things much more chaotic and stupid, which is the only way to improve this very, very bad fight card we just had. Yeah, and people say open scoring is the answer. No, a second clock with the referee holding the stopwatch. That's beautiful. I would like less transparency because transparency doesn't make this sport better. Let's be very clear. Yes. I just think it's uh, interesting that this we... card – oh, sorry. That this card, like, for the magnitude of this card, they still receive, and as well-deserved, 50K bonuses. But then last week, we had a sold-out Madison Square Garden with a, with a gate of, like, $6,000 billion, and they still get the same performance bonus. It's just a very weird – concept the us the ufc does with performance bonuses i just think that's odd yeah it's all very dumb yeah you know what this card could have used some finish bonuses to incentivize some of these people to get their opponents out of the friggin' cage jeez (laughs) well some of some of the fighters did that and maybe they will be compensated with some bonus money i wonder who these bonuses Winners are going to be. I think it's probably pretty obvious. I don't know if we're getting a fight of the night. I think we nailed it. (laughs) I think we nailed it. Oh, yeah. We don't get get the main event because of Derek Lewis, but if you took that one off, my next one just would have been Kennedy and the same thing. I think we we killed it. Yes, although Natalia Silva is probably getting a bonus for spinning kick to the face and throat. Illegal. Kicked her in the throat. That is a a band. Can't, you cannot make throat in. attacks. That is and that not that follow up. The follow up shot that just. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think uh, I, I think you're probably right. So what we're gonna do? We'll wait for the bonuses and we'll tell you what they are. But what we're gonna do since there are no, literally no storylines coming out of this card. It's just dudes and gals fighting each other. I think the clearest. I mean, the, the biggest staked victory. And it wasn't even that big for the actual winner was Jennifer Maya, if we're being honest. But there were some good, there were some decent performances. I thought Vanessa Demopoulos fought well. Natalia Silva's an absolute gangster. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena, give him somebody closer to the top 15. Muslim Salikoff just changes personalities with one spinning kick. And Waldo Cortez Acosta just continues to get these tough guys to 15 minute decisions and he remains undefeated he's 9 and 0. So, we are going to it's like we did the people's pre-fight show, we're going to do the people's post-fight show. We're going to let you all determine yeah. what we're going to talk about Power for the next the people. 20 to 30 minutes. That's what we're going to do. The, let before the people we, control um, the means of production. <laughs> before we go to the uh the con- the questions, what did you guys think of the two um the st- two Stoppages from um, well, actually, no, the 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 shot by the Andre Fialho stoppage was that a perfect stoppage or was that late or early? What did Nailed you think? it, spot on. I thought it was perfect, and I, and I don't think I, mean, I, I think most refs. I don't think most refs make that stoppage either, which makes it like even better because I think most refs let that keep going. As in, and you're talking to a man who very much did not want that fight to be stopped. Uh, perfect stoppage, like exactly the right time. Cool. And that was uh, what? That was Chris Tayoni, right? Yeah, Chris Tayoni. Yeah, yeah. Shockingly, Chris Tayoni right nailed it, you know, so <laughs> nailed it. No, no, no. What's shocking uh, is that the no nonsense Keith Peterson allowed a lot of nonsense to occur 
in Johnson Zumagulov because he's no nonsense. And kind of in the main event too, because he probably let that go on a, a, a few hairs too long, if we're being honest. Yeah. I'm actually pretty comfortable. What, what did you think about stoppage? the Ian Kuzalaba stoppage? Was that a late stoppage? I'm that was a little long. It I'm, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I thought I thought it could have been stopped sooner. I, I, I don't I don't know if you saw um, Eric Hawani. I'm I'm kind of I'm on kind of the same boat that Eric Hawani is with the stoppage from last week. We both think it was early. I, I understand the debate, you know, but we were kind of wondering why did how did how does Kutalaba get that much leeway in this type of main event, and then Izzy doesn't? I know every stoppage is different, you know. It's different circumstances, but I just, it's just this weird thing of MMA. I just never still quite understand um, when fights get stopped, you know? Because I, I did think the Ian, the, the Kudalaba stoppage was fine, but late, on, definitely on the late side if you're going to choose. But um, yeah. yeah, just. There's, there's a range, like, right? Like, everything's a spectrum. There's a range of when a fight is like an okay stoppage being perfectly timed to like maybe a hair like a hair early but okay to a little bit late but fine like as long as you're not egregious either way that's really all i care about like yeah if you're in the range of acceptable that's fine yeah i still contend that er there's no such thing as an early stoppage from strikes in mma it's just not it just they're, they're unicorns they just don't really exist i can't think of one that's 95 percent agreed upon like that was an early stoppage from so strikes. the 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 Kudalaba the first Kudalaba Magomed Ankalaev fight okay. is like the only one I can yeah. think and, of. And that was and that was on purpose. He was trying to trick his opponent. Yeah, that was a rope dope, but he actually tricked. That the was ref just instead. like yeah, that was just like a very weird situation. But you're right, like that's the only one I can think that's like that was way way too early, like yeah, way way too. Early. Someone mentioned um, actually, I think it was Kaposer from Twitter. I threw this question out earlier last week that the uh, Vasquez uh, Carmouche title fight. Which is why they're rematching it. Actually, was an was early stoppage, and, and um, even I even saw a lot of people say that was a fine stoppage. And I thought watching it live, it was a horrible stoppage too. But um, I remember thinking live it was better than I thought on replay, but that it's still probably within the bounds of acceptable. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's still in the bounds. So that's what I mean. There's yeah. no such thing as an yeah. early stoppage. All right, I just want to get that off my chest. Um, to the questions. And uh, I, as you're pulling up the questions, props to Kennedy and Shichuku, who just wanted to get the hell out of town because he could have take he could have taken the low blow time, and he's just like, nah, dude, I got this guy hurt. It, let's a just plus let's get after it. Well yeah. done, Kennedy. Agreed. And also, just the nicest man too. Like <laughs> that's not going to go anywhere as far as promotion, but just thanking everybody all the way down to the janitors and the travel agents. I love and, that. And Jesus and 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 shouting out his mom. Just what a what a great guy. <laughs> my favorite thing my favorite thing you said was Bisbee asked him what he wants next, and he goes, he said something to the effect of whoever the UFC gives me, I will take it and I will cherish it forever. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch his post by amazing. Oh, oh yeah. so great. I will take whatever <laughs> opponent they give me and I will cherish it forever. It's the best. Yeah, just, I love everybody. Everybody's great. You know, just happy to be here. Sorry that I'm a slow learner. was like one of his things. Like I knew it would take me a while. Like the UFC bet on me when I wasn't very good. I knew it would take me a while to get good because I'm a slow learner. And now we're here. It's great. Thanks, guys. Like yeah. Just the nicest fella. Do you think, There's, do you think he got the, the rub being the main event? No. Or no, all right. I'm no. just. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be positive. You know, just. I mean, did he, make the, did, he, did he make the most of the opportunity? He did as best as he could. Have he got a good finish and was some level of charming in his post-fight speech? But it's also a card that I doubt a ton of people are paying attention yeah, to. In the first place. Yeah, no matter what he would have done, yeah. He now gets yeah. to say that he has made him into the UFC event, though. Like that's not nothing. Oh, and we talk about. And yeah, Water Costa co-main evented. <laughs> yeah, that, that that happens a lot. They put Cal Borrego in the co-main event coming off contender series. Like co-main of ten ultimate fights are row. easy. Borrego's yeah. first two fights in the UFC were co-main events. Yeah. yeah. But now he looks like he's, uh, he's fun. All right. Kennedy and Sachuku, we, we always talk about the importance of doing the thing. That was Kennedy and Sachuku's version of doing the thing, and I thought yeah. he nailed it. Yeah. Well done. Did very good. Amazing. All right. Here we go. Do, 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 do. Um, oops. Wrong screen. 
What do we got? Kennedy couldn't cut a promo of his life depended on it. It's not his thing. It's not his Disagree. vibe. I loved it. I loved it. It's not going to get him. Honestly, it was great. <laughs> I, <laughs> hot, hot take. I, I loved his substantially more than I gave any craps about um, everybody from last week, uh, Moicanos. I didn't give a shit about Moicanos. I, I know that I know I'm the only person who was like, I nothing makes me more upset than people asking for money in post fights. Like it, it infuriates me and not that they're wrong for doing it, but like that this is just a part of our lives because the UFC won't pay people money. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he didn't do, he didn't go write the check 50 K. It was McConnell wants money. I think talking in the third person is yeah. the key for McConnell. It's like, as, as long as they're themselves, that, that usually doesn't endear me to people either. Casey. <laughs> Yeah. But if he cut that on a it fight should. night on like an ES <laughs> if he cut that promo out if he cut that promo on ESPN plus or on pay-per-view, it doesn't have the same impact as it had being on ESPN News and cutting that exact same promo and them just having to bleep him out over and over and over again. To me it was just it, hilarious. It is it, it is much funny. funnier when you can't hear what he's saying. That is truly <laughs> tr- truly that part of it is amusing. All right. <clears throat> Is Vanessa no. Demopoulos going to be a problem at 115? She's 3-0 at 115. Do you, do you use the word problem as a, a word to describe Vanessa Demopoulos as a fighter, Jed Vichu? No. Uh, good for her. I didn't think she was going to win this fight. So strong work uh, from her. But I, I don't – she's 34, which is really late to come into the game like at this level or whatever. And – her wins are Ginu Frey and Maria Oliveira, and who who else does she beat? Oh, Savannah Gomez Juarez. Like, we're not talking about a string of hitters that she's defeated. Her performance has been good. She's showing personality. She's gonna, you know, carve out a little space in this experiment for her, and that's good. But that's it. Like, that's all it is, and that's all it need be. Everybody doesn't have to make a title run. Yeah, she's um, overachieving. So good for her. Yeah, she's getting better. She's uh, props. Props to uh, I don't. Th- these words don't come out of my mouth too often. But props to uh, Henry Cejudo and team at Fight Ready. They have uh, her game Henry, has Henry Cejudo is a very good coach. He's a very, very good, good coach. coach. Yeah. Have also entirely not really related to much of anything. Have you all ever looked at Vanessa Demopoulos's photo on Tapology? Uh, no. Should I? It's Hold just on. not the same person. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. She's, this um, does not appear to be the same human being. Yeah, she um, worse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, was I just, I was, I just pulled her up to like remind myself of who she beat, and I was like, this is jarring and different. Okay. She did. She did have another day job before she went full time to being a fighter, and she's talked about that. So if you want to look into it, do your research. Go for it. But um, actually, I, I, I thought Maria Oliveira only being 25, I still think – what is her record in the U.S.? She has a better future than uh, – she's 13 and 6 now, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I actually I – actually, I still think – I still think – I still see Maria Oliveira actually having a longer career in the UFC. I, I, I like her fighting sure. style. And um, she, she a lot – I think a super strong third round uh, looked good for her. But um, yeah. Plus, she's so. 25, so she's got plenty of time. Yeah, she's but, got plenty of time. You know. Demopolis yeah, lost to Luka Godinez and Corey McKinnon and stuff. Like, she ain't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I mean, she is a full-time fighter now. She was not for those fights. Yeah. So, yeah, give it that. Yeah, give her that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year 
at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Um, let's talk about um, this gentleman. All we want to talk about is Jack Della and the silkiest hands at welterweights. Jack Della, sh- can I just say something? I know I'm not the only one that, that, that says this, and I don't want to dump on Kennedy and Sachuku and Iwan Kutalaba because good for them. But Jack Della and Madalena should have got the bump to the main event spot, in my opinion. That's how this card should have ended with, with JDM going out there and doing the damn thing. He's the one we were all looking at anyways. Outside of just to see if Derek Lewis could get back on track, we were looking at this guy. We just wanted to see him go out in style and do his thing. This was picture-perfect matchmaking for the UFC. You accomplished everything you wanted to here, and now you're going to throw this man onto a pay-per-view card in front of a a capacity crowd that's going to be all cheering for him in Perth against a top 20, 25-ish guy, maybe even higher. You accomplished everything. The only thing you could have done better is when you lost Eric Lewis, you just threw him in that spot, and that's how the card ended. And I think, not that we don't have a great, an, an okay feeling with Kennedy finishing the fight the way that he did and cutting that promo, but Jack Della going out there and just whooping on Danny Roberts, whooping. who's tough. He, he, beat, he beat the hell out of Danny Roberts. That would have been a nice way to end this card and, and just give him as much of a rub as possible. But other than that, I got no complaints. This guy is... This guy's the real deal, Jed Mishu. The silkiest hands at welterweight. I like that. It might like be true. That. I got I, I, I got no real issues with that statement. Uh, dude's got mitts. I don't know any part of the rest of his game because we have never seen it. He just does the same thing over and over, which is box everybody's ears in the first round. But uh, that's good. I, we gave him enough of these fights. Let's give him somebody who's really going to test his metal a little bit and let's see what we got cooking with this boy. There's a lot of good, lot, lot of good um, um, matchups for him available. I think right now. Um, I don't yeah, think it well, should be the main well. event. I, I think, I think from the get go, this should have always been the co-main event, though. Uh, Jack Della, but um, yeah, which I guess and was. This, I guess and the then would have got the bump. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> oh, I think, um, I think this should have been oh, well, the co-main event for the Kennedy and, and Shakuru fight. Like, I think that yeah. that is the right main event because. I actually think Kennedy has like a, a, a potential future here. Uh, it's probably not as high as Jack Della's is. I think it's less volatile because light heavyweight sucks. So if I had to pick one of these two dudes that I like can feel the most confident is going to be a going player in its weight class in four years, give me Kennedy because he's in a terrible weight division. Whereas Jack Della like could still be really good and just like be a top 25 dude because welterweight's guy hitters. So – I think that the main event's right. Jack Della should have for sure been the co-main event once once we shuffled the deck. Can I? Can yeah, I? Well. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Who would you pick in a fight tomorrow, Jed? Kennedy and Sachuku or Dominic Reyes? Kennedy. You'd pick Kennedy to win. Would you do the same, yeah. Casey? If he trains with Ryan Spann. He knows how to do it now. <laughs> uh, last week maybe not Kennedy, but. Off this performance, for sure, Kennedy. Yeah, okay. now, now that we know what we've seen from Reyes, where he is at this time in his career, yeah, and that's a fight that's a very uh, Mr. Good Reyes way to should be able. I'm sorry? That's a really good way to phrase yeah. it because last week, I don't think I would have. Like, I think Ryan Spann was the bad – was is a better version in some ways of Kennedy. And so, like, but now that I've seen that fight, now I can feel confident. Whereas if I had not seen that, I'd be like, eh, he should probably be Kennedy, right? All right. Uh, this was a talking point. Uh, the card. Well, actually, they didn't talk about it, but um, Miles John did. So let's um, just 
What can we say about this? Oh, no, wrong one. Wrong one. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I want it. There we go. Do you think James Krause's suspension was about the Minner controversy? If yes, what do you think they learned in the investigation? If not, what is your guess? It for sure was about the Minner. I'll talk about it. Uh, It for sure was about the Minner controversy because why else would it exist? My guess is that they haven't actually learned shit. And this is more an optics thing than it is a real life concern. Because like why – I mean if if they have learned something, uh, well, that's going to be a real big story. But I've maintained the whole time that James Krause – I have a lot of issues with James Krause and touts in general and that. And we don't need to dive into that. I do not believe James Krause is stupid enough to, as the head coach of a fighter who is compromised, unload a bag on his opponent because that's the that's both incre- like actually illegal, not just like breaking UFC rules. That is a thing that the government gets involved yeah. in and you go to jail over. It's called fight fixing. Uh, so I am extremely confident that he is not stupid enough to have actually done anything illegal or untoward here. But it was always bad optics for him to be a tout and a head coach and doing that him being at a UFC event on the heels of this, that feels like this is an optics play more than it is something substantive. Yeah. And that's probably the best way to describe it from what I've been told. Um, it's just, uh, Hey, it's not a great, basically it's, 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 it's not a, like a suspension suspension. It's just like, Hey, you should probably, you should probably sit this one out until we finish this investigation. But from what I understand, Krause is not like a suspect or anything like that. It's not like that. But I mean, when this whole thing happened, he was the first. Yeah, no one is. I I just I like to live in a world where I believe that nobody is that dumb. There's no way he is that dumb. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I've never met that man. There's no way. Here's no way he is that dumb because he is literally the first suspect. The only person who would be stupider is if Derek Minner himself did it. And I cannot believe either of them actively did this. Right. What so happened? I think that's but, 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 you know, you, but you're, you're saying that, but you're also saying this is, these are also a coach and a fighter that went into a fight with one leg. and which is not very smart either they're different kinds of dumbs i i totally get what you're saying but smart and dumb aren't like a a a linear thing right it's there are different variations of dumb and every fighter is stupid every single one of them and every professional athlete is stupid because to believe that you can be a professional athlete you have to be a moron because it's not real it's not a real thing that you can be you have to have an unbelievable amount of confidence to the point that it's insane and fighters all believe they can win every fist fight despite everyone knowing what they don't so like that's a different kind of stupid that i can understand there's no way they are dumb enough to not recognize oh if we do this they're going to immediately figure out <laughs> like there's just no way. The simplest answer is the right one. The simplest answer is somebody found out beforehand and it like it leaked. Somebody said something offhand to a buddy or whatever. It was like, oh, I don't like Derek. Like Derek's really dealing with this knee or whatever. And then that buddy told five friends who then all bet a bunch of money on it. Like that's the simplest answer. It's what happened almost assuredly. I don't know enough about gambling, but like say if I found out about Derek Minter, you know, whatever, I put $50 on his opponent, whatever. That doesn't move the line. No. How doesn't. much money must be thrown on? I don't even know who Minner was even fighting. I can't. It's not even important right now. How much money must They're be thrown on his opponent to make that line move that much? Well, it depends a little bit. Um, I'm talking like a thousand bucks. Talking like hundred thousand bucks. Talking like five hundred. I don't. I don't. I don't know enough about that kind of how lines move enough. Well, there, it. It depends in general. Those lines move based on exposure. So how, to some extent, it'll move based on how much exposure the book has to it. Also, I would guess, though I have no actual information on this, that they move the lines as the as the bets kept coming in. 
that that became more of a, there's a suspicious betting pattern. We are going to move the lines even further away as a result of this. But like, we're not talking hundreds, it, it, thousands of dollars at, at the minimum got, got laid down here, if not tens. Okay, so that's enough to kind of raise suspicions around the ten. I've just, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know very much about this part of the gambling world, so yeah. I'm kind of interested, honestly. My, my guess is that like they got like six or seven, like five figure bets dropped on it within the span of, of an hour or something, oh, okay. and we're like, because it to some extent it's safe. If you if like a hundred people put a hundred bucks on it, that's not going to raise that that number is not going to raise any suspicion. But you get a few large sized wagers, uh, and particularly it depends on like I have no idea what books were were the prominent thing here. But if you're doing like an online sports book, and you get uh, like they they track all this. So if you get some guy who creates an account who like doesn't have a DraftKings account or whatever, and then suddenly gets one loads 10k up and fires it on one like fires the whole bank account on one thing it's a wildly suspicious betting pattern <laughs> and it, that's sort of how this thing in my mind this is how probably how that all worked or, or yeah, played a and, role and on top of that from what it seems to be out there people were putting money on like not only Nurnenbecka winning, but Nurnenbecka winning in round one. Yeah, like, round one. Was, oh, okay. He didn't yeah. have round, any UFC finishes. No finishes yep. in the UFC. Yeah, so like there were a lot of like prop bets being hit too, mm. like under rounds, first round finishes, things like that. So a lot of lot of flags, a lot of flags. Yeah. What's the chances yeah. we ever see Derek Menner fighting the UFC again? <laughs> I would bet it's pretty low. Pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, I'm well, I don't I'm not making an accusation. I and I would assume that he was not actively involved in this. Frankly, you have to assume that. Yeah. But why keep him? Like, is is Derek Minner selling out the apex? Nope. nope. Just you just cut ties and move on from the potential problem. All right. Uh. uh I think this is a. I'm, I don't know what what the problem. Um, there's a lot of problems, so I'm not sure which problem. The, I'm, I'm assuming the main event problem. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, go on. No, I mean they probably handled it as, as as best they could because even before, probably like right after we we ended the people's pre-fight show, I started hearing rumblings that the main event might be off. I didn't have enough to like go in Slack. But it, I had enough to at least start asking people. And then I didn't get any answers from anybody. And then, like, the more time went on as the prelims are going on, the more it seems like the rumors are true. But it wasn't enough for me to just go out there and be like, all right, it's off. Like, we, we had, it got to the point for us where we had already, we had already pre wrote that the fight was canceled. So that as soon as they made the announcement, it's not like Damon's the fastest typer in the world. He's a super fast typer, but he couldn't write that whole article in 13 seconds because as soon as the announcement was done, we already had something ready to go. We just couldn't officially confirm it with multiple people. Um, so, yeah, and I don't think the UFC truly knew as well because the story seems to be is that Lewis was hospitalized. He got released. He thought he could still fight. They're trying to find a way for it to happen, and they just wasn't cleared to do so. And then they had to make the decision, and it was just a matter of, all right, when do we announce this? How do we announce this? And then how do we move forward? And they move forward by just bumping the Coleman event to the main, and you carry on. What else can you do? Yeah, uh, yeah I think the UFC did. I mean, they did what they could do for as far as the main event situation. But back to Kraus real quick. Actually, my big issue is on this is that we would have never known right unless miles miles john miles john mentioned it in the post press in this post fight interview like this one because apparently it happened like he knew that he wasn't going to be in his corner like a couple of days out right was, this wasn't like right as he was walking out so no I mean, he thought he said it happened last night so there oh, last, last night, last night. Okay. They found out. that's when they found out so i'm, I'm gonna say why like, like if he didn't, I, I I have no faith that the UFC, like Bisbee or Fitzgerald, would have gone, okay, by the way, James Krause will not be in his corner tonight. They didn't, they didn't mention that during the, the, the fight, right, at all. Did they? They mentioned he wasn't in the corner. 
And yeah. they even showed they went to his corner a couple mm-hmm. times, and you couldn't. And Kraus wasn't there. Did they mention it? Like why he wasn't there? Pro- they didn't say why he wasn't there. They just said yeah. he wasn't there. They said he wasn't in, not in his corner. I just, yeah. I'm right. To me, that's actually the worst part of this because again, I don't think Kraus did shit. Right? This is whatever. It's not cool. Uh, is, is the way I'll phrase it uh, for the UFC to disallow a corner 24 hours in advance for something that they knew like yeah it's, it's they, they could have easily called him things. a week ago and just been like hey james this is happening we're gonna not we would prefer you not do this please have your fighter make other arrangements or, or whatever to have a corner instead of because i have no idea what went on in that when it's like hey your head coach and chief corner is not allowed so now you gotta right. find somebody in 24 hours like that through no fault of his own because like let's like that's not his this has nothing to do with him and his his fault and like worked out and that's good but that could have super been shitty for him and like if he loses that and it's a close fight there's a world where that is a direct result of the ufc just kind of dicking about here and that's just just trash man to be to be fair to be fair, and this is kind of what I, what I was alluding to earlier. Um, Kevin Ioli, Yahoo Sports, wrote wrote an article a little while ago. Uh, wasn't I, I, Miles was kind of misinformed. Uh, it wasn't the UFC who pulled him, according to Kevin. It was the commission who pulled him. Oh, okay, it was the commission. Yeah, well, that's a little uh, better. Yeah, the Nevada Athletic Commission would not allow veteran MMA coach James Krause to work the corner of Miles Johnson on Saturday on the pre- preliminary card of UFC Vegas 65 against Vince Morales. Uh, I had reached out oh, to that, the commission. Honestly, that I, makes a lot more sense. to comment for me as well. Yeah, it wasn't a UFC decision. It seems that's a uh, yeah. That makes a ton more sense because part of the thing that I was thinking but didn't say because I just it went against my argument and I was like, why bring up a thing that goes against my argument? When has the UFC ever been responsible about optics? Never. <laughs> they suck at optics. They're terrible at that. And so it makes total sense that this is the yeah, for sure the commission will do that will be like, yeah, that looks bad. We won't do that. It makes way more sense. Yeah. All right. Uh I'm sure this is not the last we will hear of this story. <laughs> Probably. No, even 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 Miles said in his post fight interview back in the back that you guys will probably hear more about this in a little bit, but it doesn't seem like it, it's like Jed said from all That's accounts from people I talked to. It's an, it's an optics thing more than anything. It's not like, Hey, you're in trouble. You're suspended, pal. No, it's and like, no one's getting in trouble for this. Yeah. You should probably sit out for a couple of weeks. The independent investigation is just going to quietly peter off and nothing's going to happen. Unless someone does something really stupid and all they have to do is print up a couple of bank accounts and then, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a world that would at least be funny, but yeah. no, it's just gonna be like, yeah, nothing. We can't, we can't pin this on anybody. So there it goes. We're not getting a Calvin Ridley situation here. It's just not gonna happen. Um, back to tonight. Uh, back to the fights this afternoon. Let's, let's talk about. Oops. How about that head kick that Silva yeah. landed in the first? Where, uh, where go? Uh, that was nasty, man. That was nasty, cool. and I picked against Silva. Not because I don't think she's a fun fighter, but because she was taking on a giant in that division. And I've kind of leaned on the picking side of I'm going to take the giant over most people and someone who's that big and has that much of a reach advantage in a division like 125. I felt okay, and especially when you look at the first five minutes, you should have felt great. Yeah, she kept taking her down. She was able to hold her down. Um the second round, things got a little hairy. She started to get tired. She couldn't get the takedowns. Silver started piecing her up, and you kind of you kind of felt like that was coming. A finish was on the horizon, but did I see a spinning back kick to the face? No, I didn't see that. That was her beautiful po- stuff. Yeah, you and her opponent did not see it. No. Oh, and the follow-up was, this was awesome. <laughs> so the follow-up was very good. This is a very stupid nitpick of mine, but it kind of like this isn't a head kick. It's a kick that landed on the head. Those are different. She did not throw this with the intention of landing a spinning kick to the head. Blada literally 
ducked her head in like that well, thing she was, was shooting, she, was shooting, she was shooting in right when, right yeah. when she threw the spin kick yeah but, but that spin kick was not a counter to the shot the kick was thrown blade a shot into the kick because it's it's that was not a wheel kick that went head height that thing went to the hip blade's face was just fire hip and so she got blasted from it so it's very very minute detail but what, i always i want to clarify that was that fin- was was that spin kick was that very similar to Uriah Hall versus Musasi one? I remember Musasi, yeah, but, Musasi kind of yeah. lowered, changed levels, and right when Uriah did a spin, so it just happened to hit him right yep. in the face. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. I was like, I was like, I've it seen was this also before. the high point of this card. The best thing in this card happened the first fight. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was, and it I, was enjoyed, fun to watch I enjoyed Salakov Fialho too, but that yeah. was still the coolest thing that happened this fight card. Let's talk about that. No gentleman. bonuses yet. No bonuses yet, by the way. <laughs> They're just UFC's just not like whatever. Uh, Andre Fialio has taken so much damage, getting rocked this past year. I think he needs a year off or risks losing his chin. It looks like he he is a one trick pony. What do you think? No, no one. Oh, here we go. We got bo- we got bonuses. Breaking news. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Oh, I wasn't ready. We got bonuses. We got bonuses. I hit the music. The fight of the night for UFC Vegas 65. None of them. Ooh. Four performance Wow, Casey, bonus. you were right with the four performance bonus call. You got it. Natalia Silva, mm-hmm. Kennedy Insuchukwu, the JDM, finishes. Muslim Salikov. There you go. Saga. There's your bonuses. No fight of the night. Literally the four finishes. We just paid out. <laughs> just do that every time. Pay out finish bonuses. UFC, it's so much easier. So much better. So much better. Yeah. Let's but, get back uh, to get Chandler. For a minute. Yeah. Unless you get Chandler Poirier, it should be all performance bonuses. Yeah. No, no, no. It's dope because then Poirier gets one and then Chandler doesn't. And it's dope. <laughs> Support that. Big fan. Uh, what, what, what do you what do you make of Seattle Ryan's uh, take care about one trick pony, take a year off, risk risk losing the chin. I think you should take time off in general because we Five talked about it in the pre-show. Yeah, he had four in 2021. This man has fought nine times in two years. That is a shitload, and you just shouldn't do it. I, I think fighting frequently is probably the best way to become a star, frankly, because the UFC doesn't invest in building stars, and if you're not naturally like wildly charismatic, you can just do the – like Hamzat's not – charismatic but he fought a bunch in a very short period of time and delivered great performances and so he's a star all of a sudden like that's how it worked fiala tried that and he didn't he lost three of them this year and it's just i don't think the human body is built for this level of activity uh and especially if you are a guy with out a ton of defensive responsibility like fiala i think taking some time off would help him I also don't like his issue wasn't his chin today, man. The chin was not the problem. Like that is not why he got beat. He ate. Nobody talked about it, but the reason he threw like two punches in the second round, he had a spinning kick to the body in the second round that you could just tell he was done. Like his whole, his hands never left here after he ate it like very early in. And when the commentary is like, he's not throwing a lot. It's like, yeah, his guts are falling out of him right now. He is just trying not to show it. And it was the body work that that did it. Sure, the finish was cool, but Salikov just kept hitting him to the body, and he didn't want any part of that because that takes your will to live away. Yeah, and like, I'm not even sure did Fialo did Fialo even get truly dropped, or was it did he just just eat everything? I felt like maybe he got dropped once. He got he got no he got dropped in the second. He got oh, yeah, he sort of second. he sort of sat down in the second. Oh yeah, I remember like, that. He's like, he was oh. against the fade, and he ate one to the body, or maybe it was the third, and he just like squat sat and then stood right back up, and I was like. Dude, you are doing your friggin' best to hide this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and cannot. when the ref stopped it, he still gave one of those like, "What the fuck?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, he, yeah. he at least had the decency to not stick to that for very yeah. long. Yeah. He's like, "No, I'm here." Yeah, actually, uh, no, yeah. You're, you're right. I didn't really want to do this anymore. Man, but talk about like a guy, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Two knockout bonuses, and then two other end of the knockout bonus two, two, two of his opponents got knockout bonuses so that's the perfect guy to employ in your fight organization yeah yeah that's awesome. so uh yeah he needs also to 
mind-boggling to think that he fought Michelle Pajero and that fight wasn't like the most fun, cool thing that anyone's ever watched. Yeah, it was just a and fight. Yeah. Somehow was, of all his fight, UFC yeah. fights, that's the worst one of them. Doesn't make any sense. Cool. Um, that fight went exactly the way I thought it was going to go, by the way. Just throwing that out there. If y'all yeah, was going to have a great first round and then he was going to slow down and get... I had him getting knocked out in the second. I was very, very close. Um, That's not it. But it went to the third. Oh, no. Both. Feel horrible for Zumagulov. Yeah, man. He's uh, I blame him. Do better. King of Kung Fu for a reason. Those body kicks, man. Those spin kicks to the body are just ferocious. He's got They're the, nasty. like, Dennis Seaver quickness with it. Like, it it really – those pop up very, yeah. very fast. Yeah, he's a Dennis And then after, you, after he landed a few to the body, he's – like, that one he landed that that – was like the second to last shot in the fight that he he hit Fial like right in the ear. You saw Fial's life change in an instant. He, he just goes. <laughs> it was just he was on a different planet. It was I was like, please stop this fight, please. And then Chris Tyone eventually stopped it. Yeah, he. Oh. I just love that he's the only fighter I've ever seen throw spinning body kicks to set up spinning wheel kicks. Like, I go to the body with these spinning kicks, and the next time I spin, you'll be like, block low, and then bam, I go high. <laughs> Sucker. Yeah. He has he is gone next level MMA striking. Um, all right, I think this will be our last question, but I think this needs to be, might as well talk about um, this, you know, this lady. What do you do with Maya at this point? Just a gatekeeper? Does she have a title push left? Where do we have Maya ranked right now? Let's pull up our rankings. Top 10. She has to be, right? I have I have Maya at number 13. We officially have Jennifer Maya at number 11. She dropped a spot with Blanchfield's win at 280, who Blanchfield okay. moved into the top 10, taking a spot from Maya, who bounced down to 11. Um, but we also have Liz Carmouche and Juliana Velazquez. So if you're just looking at the UFC, she's firmly in the UFC's top 10. Um, yeah, she's just gatekeeper to good people, man. That's it. Like, I don't, I, she's not ever really going to get back to a title fight probably. Cause she's lost to Chukagian twice, right? Is it twice? Yes. Okay. I think, yeah. yeah Cause I, I know she lost recently, but I think she lost her. I think that was a rematch. If I'm not mistaken, and so I got Chikagian's the gatekeeper to the stars, and Maya can't beat the gatekeeper to the stars, so she's now the gatekeeper to the top ten. Like that's if you beat her, you're a top ten fighter. If you don't, you're not, and that's that's fine. She got she got her day in court, which is more yeah. than most people do. She got the chance yeah. to do it. But yeah, yeah, Chikagian's that top five gatekeeper. Maya's that top ten gatekeeper, and. And problem, problem with Jennifer Maya is, um, and I have watched, I probably have seen at least ten Jennifer Maya fights, and I have a hard time remembering any of them to be honest. And they will look a lot like that one, frankly. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there's nothing against her. She's a quality fighter, but she, uh, yeah, you, she, you just you find out how good. It, we know we know who she is. It's basically to find yeah, out how good she, the other opponent is. She's gonna fight to fifteen though. If she's the top 10 gatekeeper, who's the 15? Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres by a mile. Well, Tisha Torres is strawweight. Strawweight. You said 115. No, to the, the 15, not to 115. To, oh, oh, to the I top 15. If we've got a 5 and a 10. But yeah, I, Tisha Torres is – Tisha Torres and Jennifer Maya are the same fighter, just 10 pounds different. Probably Joanne – maybe Andrew Lee? Uh, Joanne Wood? I, I think those are both in the neighborhood of right. That feels right. Yeah. yeah. I think Roxy probably was. Yeah, Roxy, Roxy, was Roxy definitely was before she bounced. Yeah. So there's an opening for a new top 15er. Yeah. <laughs> Which, frankly, but, yeah. honestly, may, may, that maybe actually. Myra. That maybe. might be Maya. Yeah, oh, Maya yeah. might end up dropping to 15. Lauren Murphy can hold that tenor spot. Or Jukagian maybe Murphy five. moves up to five and Jukagian drops down to 10 as she's you know yeah. picking up more tread. Amaya's going to fight either Macy Barber or Tracy Cortez if she beats Amanda Dude, Hebas. She might be Macy Barber. <laughs> um, oh, she might be Macy Maybe Tacey O'Neal. I don't know. Probably It's going to be one of those one of those gals. God love Macy Barber. 
if she resigns, uh, she has not resigned. Going to be as the youngest yet, so. champion. Okay. Hey, she shot her shot. Yeah, I give her that. I I, I respect it. She came out there firing bullets. None of them were um, close to hitting. But well, she gentlemen, shot. we've gone forty-five minutes. So wow, it. way longer than I thought we were gonna go. So, uh, I'm gonna hit the music. So there we go. We're done. I don't even know how we're gonna headline this. It's gonna take oh. me longer to figure out how to headline this show. Hold on. Is this then, the worst uh, card of the year? No, I don't. It's probably. But like, not for the headline. It is the worst card of the year, right? UFC. Yeah. I can't. I can't I'm, think of a worse UFC card this year. If think of it, th- think of it this way: if this event was like started at five. How miserable would we all be right now? Oh, like, I, oh God! <laughs> if if it if it's nine p.m. and they come onto the broadcast and are like, so Derek Lewis is out. Uh, we've got a new main event. I am just in in tears. The gra- was it the Grasso Araujo card. Cardozo. That was pretty bad. It was a tough hang. The, this, the- the, the saving grace for this card was the time. Yeah, the time made it. Yeah. The time made it all okay. It might have been the dirt. I think it was the Dern versus John card. That hey, before we get out of here, because we don't need to riff forever, uh, keep it locked in MMAfighting.com. Great website. We've got bad boxing coming your way tonight. And check it out tomorrow. I have a piece that's coming out that I'm really, really happy with. Comes out at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Get your on to the next one picks in as well. Good night, everybody. Whoops. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.